Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Passionate World Talk Radio. Educate, enlighten, entertain. Well, hello and welcome to the Wine and Cheese Program. My name is Sheila Wilson. I'm a registered nurse. I'm president of StopHealthCareViolence.org, and that's my website. And I am a host on Passionate World Talk Radio. I'd like to thank Lillian Caldwell, CEO of Passionate World Talk Radio, and Jeannie White, who is the station manager. But before I introduce my guest, I just want to say a disclaimer which is the opinions of the guests may not represent the views of the host or the station. Before, again, I introduce my guest, our show tonight is going to be about being assaulted by a patient. That's part of the Stop Healthcare Violence. And I am not sure that everybody is aware that 70 to 80% of our healthcare workers get assaulted by the patient or the patient's family member, or even their friends. Many states have made it a felony to assault the health care workers. The state my guest is in has a law um, that's a felony law. The state of Massachusetts has a misdemeanor law that's in place since 2010 that went into effect by Governor Deval Patrick. And even though we have tried to change it to a felony, The legislation refuses to change it. So now, my guest, hello and welcome to Reagan. I am sorry, very, very sorry that you were assaulted by a patient. Hi there. Hi, how are you? I am Thank you for having me. (laughs) Oh, I am honored to have you on the show. And thank you for being so verbal about being assaulted. That's a very hard thing to do. And it's hard to yes. be assaulted. Mm-hmm. So tell, yes, tell me yes, what happened, Reagan. So um, initially, um, I had a patient that was um, brought in to to the emergency department, and of course, with HIPAA laws and stuff, I can't give every detail. But um, I'll start no? just generally speaking why the patient was brought in. Um, He was brought in after a violent act outside the facility. Um, He was actually just brought in by um, EMS. Uh, Despite the violent act outside the facility, he was unaccompanied by um, officers. Um, After about 20 to 30 minutes of being in the facility, um, in the emergency room, uh, and by the way, I am an ER provider. I'm a nurse practitioner in the ER. we could tell that he was uh, on something. We didn't know what, but he was definitely altered. Um, I asked my staff to um, do a, a, a drug screen. So the patient continued uh, to 
be mildly aggressive towards the staff. They asked for my help to come into the room. So uh, I did go into the room um, to help the staff members um, in assisting with the patient. Once I walked into the room, I could tell that he was escalating. Um, there was myself and three other females in the room. Uh, one of those females was 30 weeks pregnant at the time. Um, the patient, at that point, he was not opening his eyes. Um, he was mumbling very gently under his breath, but anytime we would get close to him, he would slap at us. Um, we told him what we were going to do uh, word for word, tried to, to calm him down as best that we could. Um, it ended up being that we needed to restrain the patient to some degree. In effort, in all of our efforts, nothing worked. Um, eventually, the patient can escalated to the point, and why he targeted me, we don't know. I don't know if it was something that we said amongst ourselves, what we did inside the room, but the patient opened his eyes at one point. He looked directly at me. Um, he started using profanity. Um, he said to me, he called me a name. That of course, we can't repeat on the radio, but he called me a name, and he stood straight up in the bed um, from laying flat to standing straight up and said, On the, on the stretcher. I, yeah, we were, we were just in a bed on an ER, in, a, in the ER. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, if you only knew what your kind has done to me, if I get my hands on you, I will kill you. He took his first swing at me right then. I ducked. Um, the other three started to scream and started yelling for help. They exited the room. I was in the furthest corner. But luckily, there was a computer that was on wheels. So I put myself between the patient and the computer. The computer was between us. Um, he reached over the computer and he grabbed my hair and my face. This is when he, he ended up scratching me across the face and down the neck. Um, and he tried to attempt and grab a hold of my hair, but I, I like leaned back against him and shoved the computer at him at the same time. And that put enough distance between us that it loosened his grip and I was able to get to the door. I tried to pull the door closed and lock him in the room, but he was strong enough that he pulled the door out of my hands. He continued to tell me and call me names and say, if I can just, if, if I can just get my hands around you, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you and continued to cuss at me. He chased me all the way down the ER hallway until we rounded the nurse's station. When we rounded the nurse's station, he took another swing at me, which I ducked. At this point, I just said, this isn't going anywhere. Um, I'm go it's either going to end here, me and him, or, or you know, somebody's going to end up hurt. So I turned and I faced him, and flight just left me, and I said, this is it. It's me and him. There was a chair between us. Um, 
I, I, I just took the chair and I shoved it at him, and it caused him to stumble. When he stumbled forward, I put him in a front-standing headlock, and I saw security finally coming around the corner, and I yelled, tase him, just tase him. And security, which I later found out, was unable to do that because he did not have a weapon. And at that point, she said, I can't. And I said, tase him now. And she said, I can't. So I turned to my coworker and I said, get me a phone cord. And she said, what? I said, get me a phone cord. When she realized what I was asking for, I had actually looked. I turned my head and I saw a phone close enough to me that I was able to reach for it. And I actually pulled the entire phone completely off the desk and out of the wall. When she realized what I was doing, my coworker ran over. We ended up taking the patient to the floor and we wrapped him completely up with a phone cord and restraints. I wrapped him up, wrapped both feet and hands basically nearly hogtied him, as what we say in Alabama. Wow. <laughs> um, he stayed down. He continued to cuss. He continued to say, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. He went back and forth to, I'm sorry, I'm let me go, to, I'm going to kill you. Um, security was present. Um, 911 was called. Officers responded. Um, I'm bleeding uh, you know, I'm shaken, but everyone is safe, and that's what mattered. I I was shaken, but everyone was safe. So uh, the statements were taken. Um, officers still left him with us, and and that's pretty much where the story ended that night. Uh, I, it wasn't till Monday. Monday before I was actually allowed to file charges against him. Uh, and again, uh, officers left him unattended in our ER with us. <laughs> okay, I, I have a couple of questions. Not to lose your train of thought, though. Security came. It seemed as though they took a little while, so I don't know how much security you have. And um, <clears throat> wouldn't his hands be a weapon? It's not a knife or a gun, but he was assaulting mm -hmm. you with his hands and his arms. So why can't they tase? That, is, that was my question. That was one of my questions. Um, and... According to their bylaws, there has to be a physical weapon being used against us in order to tase them because they they are not the way that they are trained um, here this particular group um, that we use from our hospital system I'm not really and I, I'm I can't really get into the details of that because I'm not entirely sure of how all that mm -hmm. works. But but I do know that uh, it has to be a physical weapon. It has to be like a gun or a knife or a stick or, you know, a, let's just say a mouse from a computer board or the keyboard, something physical that they are hitting us with in order to use the taser. 
Um, and I mean, I can understand that. They have been trained, though, to be able to take down the patient to help us um, in, in reviewing the video after the fact, because all of this was captured on video, all of it. Um, wow. And viewing that video, she she did um, that particular officer did come and help assist in the takedown process um, thereafter. So uh, she was helpful in that situation. Now, what about administration? Have have they gotten in touch with you at all? Are they supportive? Yes. They they are. Um, our particular hospital administration um, has been very supportive of the entire process. Um, they were supportive at, even at the beginning in turning over all the evidence, all of the security tapes. When they subpoenaed the records, they turned it all over. We handed the entire case over to the DA on a silver platter, basically. Um, wow. So... And, and again, hospital administration has been very forthcoming with uh, an attempt to make our ER more um, a better stable environment for us, for healthcare workers in general. You know, we have the signs up now that say that it's a felony, uh, you know, to attack a healthcare worker in Alabama. Um, just, you know, if nothing else, to try to to make people understand that, hey, hands off, you don't touch us, um, just to detour that, that violence that's coming out in people. Are you seeing a lot more violence since the pandemic? We are. We are. It seems as though um, in our particular area that we are seeing a huge influx of, of psychiatric patients and um, drug-related incidents. You know, people are more self-medicating in our area. They're not going to see their psychiatrists. They're not going to their doctors. They're not filling their medications as they should. Instead, they're self-medicating on, you know, drugs and alcohol and such. And I think that that's been... Uh, that's been true since the beginning of this, the pandemic. We weren't seeing this, you know, a couple of years ago, this influx that we're seeing now. I don't know if that's true in, in your area, but it certainly is here. There seems to be a lot more violence. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not in the ER anymore. I spent 17 years in it, and I'm, I'm at the age where I can't run or bend or, or hide as fast as I used to. And mm -hmm. um, our security guards are hands off. So it's wow. almost like, how do you, if I get assaulted now, they'd probably break my bones, you know, that's how old I am. But it's, um, it's, it's kind of, it's worse. I just got an wow. email from somebody that worked over in one of the hospitals, and she's over 60 working, you know, full time, and mm -hmm. she just brought somebody to uh, court because they assaulted her. So she's mm -hmm. over 60. So that's that's good because, you know, she's like a senior and that mm -hmm. at least she can charge the person and maybe mm -hmm. get somewhere with them because these guys need help. You know, yes. this is... <clears throat> can you say what he did that you found out? 
uh, prior to my particular incident or just his prior record? His, um, well, either one, whichever you can well, do. I, I can say that um, what we have found out in the past is that he's had numerous convictions in violent um, like harassment charges and assaults. Um, he's had an arson charge. Um, he's had um, numerous drug charges, um, paraphernalia. He's had an eluding the police charge. Um, I mean, just instance after instance after instance, and he's still out. He's still, you know, um, this was definitely not his first time. And then... Um, I'll tell you this, that the night that he came in, that particular incident, what happened was not on record. The, the person did not actually press charges on him. So um, not, I can't really say exactly what happened due, because that might violate some HIPAA there. Uh-huh. Okay. That, that's good. We had a nurse that's, um, she was out in triage. I don't know how your triage is, but our triage or her triage was mm-hmm. that she would be the only nurse out there, and she had um, registration out there. And she mm-hmm. saw somebody walking around, didn't pay, you know, that much attention. He didn't seem as though, um, she didn't feel as though he was going to, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, come in and be a patient. She might have thought that maybe he was waiting for somebody or, you know, sometimes they kind of wander around triage if they can't get into the rest of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, she, he comes over to her and stabs her 11 times. Oh, I don't know wow. if you ever read that. She was, um, her name was Elise Wilson, and um, wow. she came from Massachusetts, and she was on life support. And it's, um, he was out in his car sharpening his knife before he showed up. Wow. Nobody saw him out there doing that. You know, there wasn't, I guess, any security around the parking lot that would, walk around and wonder why somebody's sharpening a knife. But maybe, you know, in that part of town, maybe there's hunters and stuff like that. And I don't know if, mm-hmm. if it's something that somebody would actually knock on the window and say, hey, what are you doing, buddy? 
And the reason why he stabbed her was he was very, very upset over the care he received two weeks before that. Oh. So you never... Right. You never know what's going on with a patient. Never. Never. And for you to pick up that this patient was already escalating was Mm -hmm. terrific because it could have been worse. So much worse. If you didn't notice that and he just got maybe five minutes more into it, he could have really done some damage. Mm -hmm. And for you to put him into a headlock, where was the doctor? Was he around or your doctors don't assist? (laughs) Bless his heart. He he was actually in a procedure, a sterile procedure in another room and had no idea that anything was going on until he walked out and saw the police and the guy on the floor. And he was done. He was like, what have you done? And you hard-tied him. Lots of. Yes, and we give him lots of grief about that even to this day. <laughs> it's it's really amazing. Uh, you know, the doctors get so involved, especially if they're in a sterile, sterile field or anything like that, and sometimes the doors mm-hmm. are locked, you know, they're shut, and you, they don't hear it. But that had to be, I mean, you must look at that, and, well, may, maybe you wouldn't see it as somebody else would see it, but I can't even imagine your thought process when you saw the telephone and you started hog tying that guy. That had to be terrific. You got him I, to stop. Mm-hmm. It's you saved that whole ear. Well they you know, they 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 uh they say lots of things about me. I have lots of nicknames in this ER. <laughs> oh. And they they are always looking out for you know, waiting for me to take those patients, those ones that are usually the most unusual or the ones that are the loudest. They're just like, uh, Reagan will take that one. But, um, you know, I I grew up um, in in martial arts. My, my father was a martial arts instructor, and he made sure that all of us children knew self-defense and made sure that we could handle ourselves in certain situations. And I think that's important. I think that's very important for all nurses. You have to be aware of your surroundings. If you are not aware of your surroundings, dangerous things can happen. And I so encourage, if you have not been through just a basic self-defense course and you work in the healthcare field, it's necessary just to protect yourself. Not so much to harm a patient, but just to protect yourself. And be aware. Be aware of your surroundings and know what you can use and when you can use if it's necessary to help yourself out of certain situations. You know, I just, I knew that restraints were way too far away, but I knew that that cord would hold up. And I knew that if I could get that around his wrist, that he could not hit me anymore. 
why it popped in my head, I have no idea, but it did. And thank the Lord that he put right. it there. Thank you. Thank you, Father. You know, mm-hmm. that I mean, that that is really very, what you're saying is so true. Um, in the hospital I worked for, the police came, and they taught us self-defense. And he, they told us one of the, the best weapons was our voice. Mm-hmm. And they put us through, oh, I think it was like four weeks or five weeks of training. And at the end, they had us all geared up and all, all this um, heavy equipment that, that we wouldn't get hurt because now we were mm-hmm. supposed to fight them. They were going to come at us. And um, we, all, we all had a great time. We all learned a hundred, thousands of things. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. at the end, we're all, and once we all got undressed again from the, the heavy equipment, we were all standing in a line, and we were, um, they talked to each one of us. And they, they said to one of the girls, now she, she was a, a young girl, and she was a flight and she was shot, and they said, they said to her, you know, her name was Mary. Mary, you did a fabulous job. We liked your voice. We liked the way you hit. There's only one issue, and so we're all going, what's the issue? We're all looking at her going, and looking at him, he goes, you are so little. The, the person that wants to assault you could pick you up and carry you away. <laughs> it was the it was the funniest thing because it took all of the stress away from from what we were doing, and yes. um, so our hospital had given them a wonderful uh, pizza and and drinks, you know, yes. sodas and everything else for a celebration. But it was they really did a great job. And yes. it just reminds me, uh, I, I'll never forget the, the phone cord. Now, I think that is an excellent thing. Now, when you said your, your administration helped, do you have anything for um, stopping the violence except the signs? Well, you know, we not particularly, not at this time. You know, our, mm-hmm. our, we have a closed um, psych unit. We do have security that is posted inside the waiting room. So they're up there and they're making sure that our waiting room is safe. Um, we do have someone that is posted at the doors to make sure that, um, now there's no metal detectors or anything at our facility, um, but mm-hmm. we do have someone posted there before anyone comes in to register that are watching um, if anything happens, then they are the first people to call, um, you know, for assistance, 911, security, whoever they need to call for. Um, and then we have specific codes for our hospital uh, for active shooters, and we have drills and, and weapons and different things like that that everyone is aware of. So um, we do have those drills in place, and we know where to go and what to do if anything occurs. So, but again, I think that even more things need to happen. And now that we've brought some of this to light um, with administration, I believe that they will again begin to work towards even making it more safe 
for us as healthcare workers inside each environment uh, on all the floors plus the emergency department. Right, because if they keep you safe, the patients will be safe. That's exactly and right. I don't, I don't know what your hospital, hospital is like, but our hospital at one time, once you go through the door, one door, you have access to the whole hospital. You could mm-hmm. go up and down. And so now when they had their meetings, their AAs, their Weight Watchers, their uh, mental health meetings, all of these meetings that were offered to the community, they could just walk right in. And there was no nobody to watch whether or not that they went upstairs because it would be on the bottom floor that they had their meetings. So nobody was responsible for watching anybody. Wow. And then there was a hospital that has um, a metal detector, but they decided they didn't want to pay anybody to to man the metal detector. And people were getting assaulted there. And that mm. might have changed by now. So that's, mm-hmm. but it's, it's like, why, why do these agencies don't want to protect their nurses? And do you ever call OSHA? Or have you ever had the, you know, if OSHA gets enough phone calls, they come and mm-hmm. investigate, and then they can sue the hospital wow. if things go wrong. And OSHA right. is federal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't and think I we've ever keep... had any incidents in that. Mm-mm. Well, it's just something, you know, to if you get assaulted, call OSHA, call the police, make out your mm-hmm. incident reports. So that everybody knows, and and don't be quiet about it. People don't like to say that they got assaulted. It's like, oh my goodness, somebody hit me, and it you know right. it becomes a dirty little secret. And mm-hmm. um, yes, security guards are hands on. They are yes, they are hands on. Um, you know, they will make sure that essentially, for the most part they will make sure that they are hurt before we are. But again, there's only one security officer for the building, so but they spend the majority of their time in the emergency department. Very seldom that they walk their rounds um, and they go floor to floor. And we're a small, I say relatively small hospital. We're, we're not a large city where I work at. But... Um, They'll go their rounds from floor to floor, but they're stationed in the emergency department because that's where most of the action takes place. Right. Absolutely. Unless you have somebody in the DTs and stuff like that um, that's walking around the floor. And you certainly don't want anybody to go into, you know, if they're in the withdrawal symptoms to run into the DTs because then you're in a big trouble. Right. um, It's... Our emergency room was not huge, but it was big enough to have a lot of violence in it. And you never mm-hmm. knew. You know, it, you know when you get your heroin overdose and you give them Narcan, and then all of a sudden oh, they yeah. wake up? Oh, and then, yeah. I mean, they'll be right off that stretcher at you. Because, oh, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's a very dangerous job now. And... Mm-hmm. Um, it's. I really have a lot of, well, a lot of respect for you, Reagan. I, I can't even imagine how you well, did what you, you did and saved these people. And um, thank you. 
Is there anything else you would like to talk about? We have a couple of minutes if you'd like to say something. You know, I can't really think of anything too much else to say. I would like for this to reach even further out from just us. You know, I would like to see even our first responders for us to be able to stop some of the violence that they are seeing also to some degree. Um, Our first responders, even over the last year, have really dealt hard with a lot of this violence that we're even seeing here in the emergency room. So I hope to, to see this, what we're trying to accomplish, even reach some of them also. Um, but again, one of the biggest things that I hope that everybody takes from this is just be aware. Be aware of your surroundings always. And don't stop. If you get assaulted, be loud because you have to. If you're not, some people won't listen. So you have to be loud and you have to take the time and effort to file those charges. Otherwise, the DA, they will not prosecute what they don't know about. And that was what really happened in my case. So You know, the detectives, they wanted to do a harassment charge, but I fought for for several months. I got loud, and we finally, we finally got it. Via grand jury, we got assault, too. So it will happen. It'll happen, but sometimes you just have to take that extra effort. Right, and it takes work. I mean, the stress that you had to go through that, whether or not you had the martial arts training, this is something mm-hmm. that was, you noticed it, but then, mm-hmm. you know, he he came after you. And he, That's if, right. if it was a woman that was 30 months, 30 months pregnant, yeah, 30 weeks I pregnant. <laughs> I know. Um, well, the damage he would have done to her or the oh, other yeah. folks that were with you, it, it's terrible. And mm-hmm. this is what happens. And some people just assault. And yeah. and we need to really, as healthcare workers, really need to stand together and report, report, report. Absolutely. So Absolutely. You um, maybe say you can come back on the show another time. I would love would to. You, would you like to? So I would, I would to. like to... I would like to thank you, Reagan. It has been an honor to have you on the show, an absolute thank honor. You. And I'd like thank to you. thank everybody that is that has been listening, and hopefully we'll be listening to Reagan's story and all the, the health care violence that is going on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Passionate World Talk Radio. You can listen to this program all over again by going over to https colon forward slash forward slash passionate world talk radio dot com. You can also hear it on Spotify, Spreaker, Amazon A L E X A, AMFM two four seven dot com every Tuesday evening between eight and nine PM. YouTube, Facebook, Facebook Live, LinkedIn, and all the other podcast directories 
one can find on the internet.